Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, we have a big Packers victory to talk about over the Chicago Bears. But we need to start the show by saying one thing. The Packers are in the playoffs. They are. Green Bay gets the win over Chicago. The Los Angeles Rams lose at Dallas. And the Packers, regardless of what happens the final two weeks, although there's more to play for, the Packers are in the postseason for the first time since 2016. Yeah, well, first and foremost, emphatically, uh, the Rams were beaten by the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Soundly, yes. And, you know, I, I went off on a little bit of a tangent on Twitter on Sunday night. <laughs> you may or may not have seen it. You don't live your life on social media as much as I do. I do yes, I do not. If there was ever a week in the NFL, and we'll get to this Packer game, we'll talk about all the ins and outs of it, and everybody will be happy and good, and we'll move on with our week. But if there ever was a Sunday that illustrates how it's important just to win games. Yep. And it doesn't really matter what's happened in the past. It was week 15 in the NFL. And I offer you a number of different things into evidence for this. One, the Rams appeared to finally be getting their footing, right? Yep. They go into Dallas, who, for all intents and purposes, has really been struggling trying a, to hold on to the NFC yes, East Yes, a lead. scuffling, scuffling Dallas Cowboys team. And the Cowboys just do their thing, dominate. <laughs> Points on the board. Ezekiel Elliott can't be stopped. Dak Prescott looks great, and game they win. Was, game was never close. The Rams now are on the outskirts of the playoff hunt here as they try to keep things going, hoping for a Packers victory now on Sunday or on next Monday night against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. Then you get the San Francisco 49ers, one of the best teams in the NFL. I think everybody can agree with that. And they take on the Atlanta Falcons. At home. At home. If they're, I, I, I put it on Twitter. I got nothing. I cannot try to explain the Atlanta Falcons at no, all. I can't either. Because if you took away all the records, and it just I just dropped you on December 15th of 2019 after teleporting you from September 1st and said, here's the Falcons and the 49ers, you would either think, A, maybe these were two bad teams, or B, this was a potential you know, big ramification for the NFC. Yeah. And Atlanta just runs through – not runs through, but finds a way to win against San Francisco. Yep, pulls it out down the stretch. They, the, the Atlanta Falcons have five wins in 2019, and two of them are over the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. and the San Francisco 49ers, both on the road. There is no explanation for that except for this. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. <laughs> and let's bring us all back into Lambeau Field now, the okay. 200th meeting between the Green Bay Packers yes. and Chicago Bears. The historic rivalry. And... The way I put it, as the game ended on Twitter, I said, and the Packers win 21-13. to <laughs> It was a chaotic, crazy, strange game. fourth quarter yep. Yep. after the Packers, who, by the way, going up against Chicago Bears team that had been phenomenal coming out of halftime. The Packers outscore them, get two quick touchdowns that end up weighing heavily in the favor of this game. And then the Bears get going in the fourth quarter. The Packers hold them off. Packers are 11-3. and They've clinched a playoff spot, and now this week they can beat the Minnesota Vikings, win the NFC North. If they accomplish that, they can now beat the, D- the Detroit Lions and be the number two seed at worst right, right at now worst in the NFC. worst the number two seed, yes. yes. This is the NFL, Mike. Yep. You have to win the games that are in front of you. doesn't matter how they look. doesn't matter what exactly happens. You have to win, and the Green Bay Packers, by hook or by crook, the last three weeks have been victorious, and they sit at 11 wins. On December 16th, 2019. Yep. 11 and 3, and very quickly I'll just lay out the scenarios as you just did as well. 
the, there are one of two ways the Packers can win the NFC North in terms of controlling it themselves. They can either beat the Minnesota Vikings next week or they can beat the Detroit Lions in Week 17. If the Packers win either of those games, they are the NFC North champs. But as you also just said, if the Packers can win both of those games, they will be no worse than the two seed in the NFC, and they will get a first round bye. And the one seed is actually still in play, right. very much in play, because of the 49ers' loss yesterday. But getting back to the game at hand, the Packers and the Bears, as you said it, Wes, the Packers come out of the locker room at halftime, and they just came out swinging. I mean, yeah. The, end, the first half, that second quarter, was frustrating. The Packers had three consecutive drives to end the second quarter that were in Chicago territory, and they came away with no points on any of the three drives. They go into the locker room only up 7-3 to three when they had a chance, multiple chances to stretch out the lead to really start to assert themselves. They come out of the locker room after halftime, Bang, five plays, 73 yards. Bang, five plays, 66 yards. Two touchdowns, and it's 21-3. to three. And it's like, all right, all those first-half frustrations, you yep. put them behind you, you got two touchdowns, you're up 21-3. to three. And all the Packers really needed was one more score of any kind in the fourth quarter, and they take all the drama out of this one. Well, they didn't get that one more no. score in the fourth quarter. The offense is struggling. The Bears' defensive front started to assert itself in the fourth quarter. The Bears offensively doing some things. They get it to 21-13. to And the game comes down to the whatever you want to call it, the multilateral, the fumble ruski, the, the, uh, the last desperation play by the Bears. And I'll be honest with you, Wes, I, we saw it from the press box as it was unfolding, which is a little bit wider view than maybe what you see on television. Saw it as it was unfolding. I wrote about it in my postgame editorial. That was really, really close because if Allen Robinson gets the lateral at the 10-yard line, if Horstead, the rookie tight end from Princeton, if he laterals it to Robinson at the 10-yard line instead of taking a couple more steps, the Bears are in the end zone, and the game's coming down to a two-point conversion. But Chandon Sullivan, just as Horstead crosses the 10-yard line, Chandon Sullivan grabs him, starts to drag him down. His then attempted lateral, which is too late, ends up being forward. It's a forward fumble. Yeah. At that point, only he can recover it for the Bears to, uh, to be able to benefit from the play. Tremont Williams recovers inside the five-yard line for the Packers, and the gun mercifully sounds to end to end a 21 to 13 victory for the Packers. So, a couple things to this. One, if you're going to have a lateral play, there are two things you need to do in order to be successful on it. You need numbers is the first thing. The Bears ended up getting numbers on that. They had numbers where they needed them. Yeah, when they got the ball to the middle of the field and started moving to the right, they they had the numbers as you yes. say. The personnel was there to be able to get that ball into the end zone. The second thing, though, is you need to have perfect execution. Yep. And the Bears were not perfect. Uh, the, uh, everything lined up in Tremont Williams. The first question he was asked, I think maybe even <laughs> the first interview of the postgame locker room was with Tremont. And he said, yeah, we saw it. It was close. <laughs> that's just the reality of it. Yeah. So, But the Packers did survive. They got through it. Tremont was the one to actually jump on that football at the end. Yep. The, the, the thing that I take out of this game, though, Mike, uh, in addition to certainly they want to be able to close teams out, you have to be able to do that to make a deep, lengthy playoff run. The, the thing about this team, though, and I, I said this to our boss, my boss, Duke Bobber, after the game, 
The Packers are 11 and 3 and everybody wants to figure out how they've done that. Right. And it's really not that complicated. You can look at total defense, total offense. You can look at those measurables, those archaic measurables, and they're not really going to tell you the whole story. You can look at passer ratings. You can look at offensive efficiency, all those things. The one thing that stands out to me, though, is not something you can measure, and that's that in all three phases, at different intervals of the season, and occasionally in the same game, the Packers have been exceptional. They've had moments where they've been exceptional on defense. They've been exceptional on special teams, and they have been exceptional on offense. Teams that aren't good in this league never really achieve that at all, at least without any type of normal consistency. The Packers have that. It's just been a matter of tying it all together at the same time. In this game, I thought they got off to a great start offensively. I thought defensively they held them on three straight drives. They they really were making life difficult on Mitchell Trubisky, and they were not allowing the Bears to get the running game going. The second half, the Bears mounted a rally, but it was only after the Packers were up by 18 points. For glamour points, uh, in terms of like beauty of a performance, yeah, they're not going to score very high in that one. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it doesn't change the outcome, and the outcome is the Packers are eleven and three. Yeah, this is this is the way I look at it, Wes, because there's there are a lot of different narratives out there right now with regards to this Packers team being eleven and three and where they are and fighting for a division title and a first round bye. There are there are a few different ways you can look at this. You can say, okay. The Packers are the Packers are finding different ways to win. They're scratching and clawing. They're pulling out these close games. But this is one of those things that it's not sustainable into January. It's going to catch up with them at some point. That when you start playing the best teams, the other playoff teams, that it's uh that's not a way to make a living in the playoffs. Okay, fine. Sure. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is to say, okay. The Packers, whatever it is that they have, the chemistry, the belief, everything they've got going on, this way to to scratch and claw and find a different way and have a different hero every week. And, and yeah, there are fits and starts and things don't always look that great. But if you keep finding ways to win, it it builds on itself. Right. It's contagious. And, and it is something that can continue. And you ride it as long as you can. Okay, that's another way to look at it. This is the way I prefer to look at things. I don't really look at it in either one of those ways. My thing, and as you know, my mantra all season has been optimism without expectations. With yeah. this first, with a first year head coach, and I'm every, actually going to. That's my Christmas present for you. Not to throw okay. any. It says optimism without expectations. All right, Mike I'm, Spofford, 2019. I'm going to look forward to that. Yeah, I appreciate you that. You should. But the way I the way I look at, it, I've said it on this show. I've said it in Insider Inbox. This Packers team is capable of playing at another level. They just haven't gotten there. They've shown it in yeah. spurts, but they haven't put it together for an entire game. They haven't put it together for a stretch of of a few games. It's still out there for them, and if they can find it, neither of the first two options, the first two narratives, are going to matter because, <laughs> right. because it's yeah. going to put them somewhere else. Now, those who would say, well, how, how can you believe that they can do that because they've had so many chances and they haven't gotten there? You want to be skeptical? Fine. You have every right to be skeptical that they're not going to get there. I get that. Yeah. They're, they're 14 games in here, and there hasn't been the evidence to convince anyone that they can find it because right. they've had so many opportunities. So the, the skeptics, I understand that. But I look at yesterday's game, Wes. The Packers had... The Packers were playing a pretty decent football team that had won three in a row in four of their last five, and the Bears were playing for their season. 
And the Packers had opportunities in the first half to dominate that game, and they had opportunities in the second half to close it out and put it away. Now, they didn't do either one of those things, but they were in position to do both of those, and it it's just it's one more step, and it sounds silly, and I get, like I say, I get the skeptics, but they're not that far away. Right. They, to, in my mind, they really aren't. Now, are they going to get there? I don't know. However far, if they can get there, that's going to determine what January is going right. to mean here with whatever playoff run is made. But that's the way that's the way I see it is that it's still out there for them. Their best football is still out there. If they can find it, the narrative about this team, the way people are looking at this team is going to change. Yeah, because I think one thing that people don't recognize is, okay, if you do get finally one of those really attractive wins, one of those dominating performances – that's really the only thing left out there right now for Green Bay. They've won every other way imaginable. Exactly. At this point. Exactly. They so, have. They have found. They have found so many ways to win. Yesterday, being and as I've said a lot of times, <laughs> they've won a lot of games this year by being the better team in the fourth quarter. They were not the better team in the fourth quarter yesterday. They were the better team by a long shot in the third, in quarter, the third quarter against a team that had dominated third quarters all season yeah. long. All you have to do is look at the statistics to see what the Bears had done. The Packers were the team that came out swinging in the third quarter and gaining control. Fortunately, then was enough. So again, so, it was just another way to win a game. So I want to highlight a couple performances on both sides of the ball, but before I do this, for anybody out there, and I'll look into both of the cameras because I'm not sure which one Marvin is on right now. <laughs> for anybody that's like beating this drum about the identity, I'm going to give you an identity thing right here. And you can you can put your own hat on the identity. This is what it is. Look at the turnover differential right now in the NFL. Not just Green Bay because they're number two in the league right now against New England. I'm going to read you off, Mike the top 10 teams in turnover differential. And I want you to tell me what is the common thread between all these teams. You ready? Okay. Okay. Buckle down. New England, Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans, Minnesota, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tennessee, and Buffalo. <laughs> Pittsburgh and Tennessee are kind of outliers right now. Yeah. Everybody else is either already clinched a playoff spot or on the precipice of getting a playoff spot. Yeah. You want to talk identity? The identity of this year's team, the first thing, I literally think it was the first thing that Mike Pettin said this season was they wanted to take the ball away more this year. They have 15 interceptions. They had seven last year. They've turned the ball, they've been able to turn over the football more, whether it was forced fumbles, anything like that. Their takeaway numbers are up. And their giveaways are second fewest in the league right now to New Orleans, eight to nine. Yeah. That's the identity. That's the reason why the Packers have been able to win these games. And they won turnover differential 3-0 to zero again yesterday. If you don't give away the football and you take it away, and now you've got a punt returner that can help you with field position, you're going to start winning some ball games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, like I say, there's, there, there are, the Packers have been in position to play that next level, to take their game to the next level. They haven't gotten there yet. And they have to find it somehow. It's on Matt LaFleur. It's on the coaches. It's on Aaron Rodgers to find that somehow. And that is what is going to determine whether in January, when they are playing against other playoff teams, whether they're going to be able yeah. to advance, in, in in my opinion. That's what it comes down to. Uh, some sponsor business here, Wes. Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering, catering, or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you when you order online at CousinSubs.com. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Okay, <coughs> some stars of the game to point out here from Sunday's victory over the Bears. 
Offensively, Aaron Jones, two rushing touchdowns. He now has 14 rushing touchdowns on the year and 17 total touchdowns. He's closing in, two regular season games to go. He's closing in on Amon Green's single-season touchdown record for the Green Bay Packers, which is 20. And then you have Devontae Adams, who put up a 100-yard performance, including a 29-yard touchdown catch on a fourth down. It's actually a fourth down audible. Aaron Rodgers checked, um, saw that Adams was one-on-one in the slot against Buster Skrine. Screen, Skrine. Skrine. Um, I said screen. The PA announcer said screen yesterday. I've always I, said Buster screen. I've, I've heard it both ways. I've, I apologize sorry to about Buster that. if yeah. I've been mispronouncing um, his name. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but a check, and rather than just throw the pass for the first down on fourth down, Rodgers goes for the home run. One-on-one, Adams wins his route, makes the catch, touchdown. So he gets a 100-yard game and gets in the end zone. And uh, the Packers' two most dynamic offensive perimeter players – were the guys who got the job done? Yeah, and uh, those first two drives you're talking about after the second in the start of the second half, yeah. uh, eight of the ten targets were in their direction, whether it be through the run or the pass. Uh, but between them, and I wrote about this for our game notes, was Jay Kumro with the 49-yard catch, which coincidentally enough that tied his career high. He also had the 49-yarder last year against the Jets. Against the Jets for a touchdown. So, yeah, something about 49 yarders that yeah. just agree with him. 49 uh, and uh, and Jake. But, they, you know, one of those main things, again, they've just had a lot of different guys stepping up throughout the course of the year. It happened to be Kumro's moment there. But when you look at Devontae Adams, I thought he was exceptional in this game. He did have, I know, one or two passes he wishes he could have back. But yeah. for him to get him going, the 34-yarder early on and then the 29-yard touchdown was a big boost for this offense. And then Aaron Jones, man, for a guy that was kind of labeled as a scat back, what he can do in the red area now and in terms of – I called him a bull in a china shop on Twitter. I mean, it just – he is not easy to take down uh, for a guy that is only 5'9", just a hair over 200 pounds. I mean, he can make that work for him. I mean, how many times this year when the Packers have been – I think yesterday it was a 21-yard touchdown run, so they were technically just outside the red zone – but how many times this year when the Packers have been, say, in between the 10 and the 20-yard line in the red zone, have they handed it off to Jones and and he makes he makes somebody miss and then boom, he's in yeah. the end zone. I mean, the, the number of – I'd have to look it up, but the number of, say, touchdown runs of his that are like, you know, nine yards plus – uh, where he's he's not just plowing in from the one or two yard line every time. He's uh, he's had a bunch of those this year, and he just looks really impressive doing it. Yeah, and I'd be remiss if I didn't also do a shout out for the offensive line. I didn't get a chance to put this in the game notes. It kind of bothers me a little bit. I mean, Brian Balaga again doing a solid job against Khalil Mack. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, I mean, Elton Jenkins. I know there's some uh, film nuts that are already putting out some stuff on him and how he was able to move the line of scrimmage especially in some of those red zone scenarios. Uh, Overall, I thought they did a really nice job to give Rodgers a playable pocket. Uh, Certainly there was yards. Matt LaFleur said it again. There's things that were still left out there, but I think you're seeing the offensive line really peak at the right time. I I, I have to talk, though, Mike, about Kenny Clark, and I I used him as my locker room report. Kenny Clark, another two sacks, tying his career single game career high. This is a guy that you want to talk about trusting the process here. I mean, it was a a rough 10 week stretch there. He was playing good football, but he just didn't, he wasn't getting home. The Smiths were really, you know, knocking down that time clock to get after the quarterback. Yeah. The personal stats weren't there for Clark. And now we're starting to see those personal stats start to pile. And up in a, a blink bit. of the eye, yeah. he has five sacks on the season, yep. eight of his 15 and a half career sacks coming in the month of December. I think that's just, that's just amazing to me. He's now, now has more than half of his career sacks are in one month or in the month. And of you December. don't think it's of remarkable. December as a big month for sacks. I mean, you know, the conditions get tough, you know, you're running yeah. the football more. 
and there's Kenny Clark making an impact. Dean Lowry gets an interception. Uh, the Packers weren't able to do anything with it offensively, but that was a critical play at a critical moment in the time. Ate at least a little bit of clock and stopped some of the momentum for Chicago. And, Mike, it's going to turn into a weekly segment on these Monday shows, but Tyler Irvin, again, 45-yard kickoff return, the Packers' longest in four calendar years. Yeah, uh, This young man just comes in as a waiver claim, and after all the issues and all the narrative and question marks about the Packers' return units, this guy comes in, and, and he's been a stud. And I actually asked Aaron Jones about this because Jones was very effusive about his praise of, of Irvin the week before. And I kind of asked him, I mean, obviously he shares a position room with him, but I was like, how do you know him? Like, wh wh why did you feel that he's been following him going back to San Jose State? Because when he was at UTEP, those two, or not UTEP, I'm sorry, uh, Texas El Paso. Yeah, Texas El Paso. Yeah, sorry. that's UTEP. I, almost, I should have just said Texas Western. I mean, it's just whatever. <laughs> uh, no, but when he was he was in college, yeah. both of those guys were among the league leaders in rushing one year. Okay. And he was kind of like comparing himself to this Tyler Irvin guy that he had no idea who he was. And then ever since then, he's kind of tracked his career. He comes in now and has been making a big impact here on these return units the past two weeks. Yeah, well, I want to. I, I do. We do need to say certainly defensively, because the Packers' offense started to struggle in the fourth quarter after a very dominant third quarter. They couldn't get that extra score like I was talking about right. to to give them that little bit of distance they needed. The Packers' defense had to stop the Chicago Bears three times in the fourth quarter with the one-score lead with the eight-point lead. You had Dean Lowry make the incredible interception, kind of off of a like a zone drop yeah. type of thing almost. And then not, I mean, it, it would have been a heck of a play just if he had batted the pass down, but he gets the gets the mitts up there and then is able to uh, to make the catch off the deflection and, and juggling it on the way down, and he gets the interception. The Packers, unfortunately, don't get a score out of that. They punt the Bears back to the five-yard line. The Bears drive out to midfield, but then the Packers get the stop there. A turnover on downs ends up in a fourth and ten. They get the stop, so they stop them there, and then they end up getting uh, the third stop of the late fourth quarter with the, uh, um, the multilateral play there at the very end. So... Packers defense did give up 10 points in the fourth quarter, but because the offense wasn't able to wasn't able to finish this one off, the defense needed to get three stops there down the stretch, and uh, and the unit was able to come through. And if nothing else, uh, certainly I know there's yardage there that the defense would love to have back. Mitchell Trubisky was able to get into a rhythm. Allen Robinson and also um, Anthony Miller both go over 100 yards receiving. But the biggest thing, Mike, that was the key, I thought, to that is they didn't break for an explosive 60, 70-yard touchdown. Yeah, no, they, they at didn't. least made yep. the Bears milk the clock out uh, to be able to put themselves in a position to ice that game. Yeah, and I think it's worth saying, too, quickly before we go, eight quarters against the Chicago Bears. Packers defense allowed one touchdown yeah. to Chicago, and it was in the eighth quarter of those eight quarters. So it, really good defensive effort that uh, that has set up the Packers nicely to have a shot to win the division here because they beat the defending division champs twice with some really good defense. Absolutely, yeah. And they're, they're going to be in for a stiff test this week. We'll see what happens with Delvin Cook. He left with the shoulder injury, but certainly Kirk Cousins, as of late, has been playing better weapons there that they're going to have to account for. But 
defensively, if they were looking to get a little bit of swagger back, the last three games have not allowed more than 15 points in right. any of those contests. Absolutely. We can talk about yards. You can talk about all these different scenarios, but it ultimately comes down to the points on the scoreboard. In the last three games, the Packers, have their defense has given them a chance to win these games. Yeah, well, we'll be talking about this upcoming matchup with the Vikings as the week goes along. We'll also take a little bit uh, bigger look at the NFC playoff picture after the Saints play on Monday Night Football, so we'll get to that on tomorrow's show as well. But for now, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services, and check out the Packers YouTube channel for all sorts of great video content. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.